everyone, and welcome to Technically Iowa, a podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and all-out female rock stars connected to technology in Iowa. I'm Beth Trejo, and I'll be your host for the show. Today, my guest speaker will be Erin Rollenhagen, founder and president of Entrepreneurial Technologies. We have a great show for you today, so stay tuned. All right, let's get started. Erin, welcome to the show today. Thank you. So first, let's just start out and tell people a little bit about yourself, your company, and just a little background. Sure. Um, Well, I'm the founder and CEO of Entrepreneurial Technologies. We do custom web and mobile software development out of Urbandale, Iowa. You started the business, correct? Yes, that's right. And so tell me a little bit about what inspired you to start a technology company there in Urbandale. You know, I think it was really exciting for me to see how technology and especially custom development could benefit small and medium-sized businesses. When I was working in my job prior to founding my own company, we worked with really large governmental projects, which was cool, but it would take years sometimes for a project to complete, and we had very little contact with actual end users. So I ended up doing a side project for a local business and just felt like that was really, really rewarding to be able to actually see the results of our work and see how it impacted that business. So that inspired me to want to found a company dedicated to serving those businesses. That's awesome. How many employees do you guys have? Nine. Nine employees. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's exciting. I'm assuming your typical day when you started is very different than your typical day now as you've grown your company. Just give me a high level of what you guys do on a day-to-day basis to help your clients out. Sure. Well, um, we're consultants, and so we help other people build their ideas. And that can range from somebody who already has a pretty good idea of what they want to have developed to someone who's just identified a problem that they think technology can solve. And then it's our job to help them figure out, uh, you know, how to design and implement that. And then as well as code it to make sure that it's successful. When I started, I was a programmer. That was my background. And I'd also been a development lead. So I was really heavily focused on the technical side. But as we've grown, you know, running the business becomes more and more of a job. And so today I spend most of my time either running the business or meeting with clients and making kind of high level architecture decisions. So do you guys help businesses if they're interested in developing like an app or they just come to you and say, hey, I have this idea. And then you kind of help walk them through the process if they really need a mobile app or if it should be a web based. Is that something you guys kind of walk through with them? Yes, we're definitely heavy on the consulting side and helping people make decisions that are going to have a positive return. You know, it's a great time to be in technology. There's so much happening, but there's also a lot of hype out there. And sometimes people come in and say, well, I need an app because I've heard I need an app. Right. No, I, <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I agree. I hear that all the time. And I also know that apps are not just a one and done. And there's a lot more to creating some of these technologies than I think people think about. So that's awesome to know that there's a place here in Iowa and you guys are kind of leading that for other businesses that may not feel like they have a lot of options or somebody to kind of walk through that process with them. Definitely. Uh, We take that responsibility pretty seriously. Just about all of our business comes from referrals. So we want to make sure that our clients are happy and able to actually be successful with their project before we start, just to make sure that that's going to be a positive payoff for them. 
that's awesome to hear. Tell me a little bit about how you're involved, whether it's in your local community or within um, young people recruiting young people and giving advice. I know you're very involved in the Technology Association of Iowa and um, have kind of proven as a thought leader across the state. What advice would you give to young people and maybe a big misconception when people are thinking about a computer science career? personally didn't become interested in computer science until just after my freshman year in college. I think I had this idea that going into computer science meant that I would be typing ones and zeros on a green screen, you know, with Cheeto stained fingers in a basement somewhere if I went into that. And I actually, as as kind of a fluke, ended up getting an internship at my cousin's husband's software company in West Des Moines that summer after my freshman year in college. And what I actually saw people doing was group problem solving. And I saw that they were able to solve really big, difficult problems through technology. And so that completely changed my perception of what it was and made me so much more interested. So I think the key to get out there to young people is that, first of all, coding today isn't ones and zeros. You know, it's we have much better coding tools than that. So it's it's not a lot of weird memorization. But what it is is problem solving And it's a tool to tackle really big, really difficult, complex problems. Yeah, I think some people think that coding is completely isolated and that there's not a lot of group collaboration or you don't get to work in teams. And at least from my experience, that's from what I see in others, it's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of collaboration there and it really can be a team effort and team goals. And there's a lot of, you know, social interaction if you want it to be. Yeah, definitely. And at our particular company, that's really a requirement to work here um, is that you are a person who's open to that pretty constant social interaction. We collaborate with each other a lot. We collaborate with our clients a lot. It's kind of an all day, everyday thing. And in fact, that's one reason that we have not hired anyone for uh, remote work is because of the level of collaboration we have all day, every day. Yeah, well, I can certainly tell that you have a lot of passion for what you do. Tell me a little bit about what gets you excited every morning, whether it's going to work or solving those clients' problems. What excites you? Well, you know, I think when I first started, what excited me was solving a tricky code problem. You know, today, what excites me is seeing our team members grow and uh, seeing the end results that we can deliver to our client. Yeah, it's always nice when you get that project complete and you get the happy clients at the end and you feel like you can definitely make a difference. Right. Can you explain something to me that maybe there's a lot of complication to, but for you, you can communicate that and kind of simplify it for people? Well, I would turn this one around a little bit. I was thinking about this type of thing this weekend. And one thing that's interesting with the UI UX revolution is that a lot of things that actually are very complex to code now appear simple to people. And this is really a great thing. It's a huge victory from a user experience standpoint when you're able to take something that's really complex and make it appear simple to the end user. So it's like, well, of course, how could it have been any way other than this? This is obvious that this is how it should work. So I think that's one of the things that people maybe don't understand about what user experience design is all about, uh, but has really made our world an interesting place because products like Facebook, like Google, that are so ubiquitous, 
have really changed what we believe should be the level of user experience. Oh, I completely agree on that. We help clients with websites and we always have clients come to us and say, well, I just want a really, really simple website. And that really is a matter of they want it to feel simple to the end user, but it doesn't always mean that it's a simple solution because we just take all that stuff for granted when you know we go and add things to our shopping cart and magically we can check out in seconds. There's a lot more to that as you know well. Yeah, we will sometimes get people who say, well, all I want is to combine Uber and Amazon. (laughs) Well, those are two multi-million dollar platforms. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, one of the things that I tell the clients is, you know, when you're trying to look at that, look at those sites that make it seem easy and try to, you know, pick pieces of that out that you love. So at least you can kind of start narrowing the, the scope down so you kind of have a better idea of what is important to you. Right, definitely. It's a testament to how far we've come for sure. All right, well, now it's time for a little fun. We're going to play, it's called Stash It or Trash It. And this really is where you tell us if you think we should keep these terms in our tech pocket or trash them for their overuse. People in this industry, we can use these vocab over and over and over again. So I'm just going to run down a list of a handful of different words and you tell me, would you want to trash it or stash it? Okay. All right. Number one, bandwidth. Oh, trash that. Scale. You got to keep that. (laughs) Disruptor. Oh, trash it. I agree on that one. That's way where he is. Um, Bootstrap. Oh, trash that too. Thought leader. I think that one's hanging around whether I like it or not. (laughs) Uh, Deliverables. Got to keep that. Okay. Change agent. Uh, Stash it. Sunsetting. Stash it. Okay. Well, I agree on some of those. Some of those I actually don't hear as much of, but we're not a product-based technology. So thank you for playing. And now we're going to go to our next segment, which is life hacks. Really, our goal with this is just to share something that you feel is valuable or helpful I hate the word, um, speaking of vocab, of work-life balance, but this is kind of our play on that because a balance isn't always possible, but sometimes it's good to know tips and tricks for really making that holistic person and entrepreneur. Do you have any specific ideas or tips that you would give some of our listeners to make their life a little better? You know, I think that one thing that struck me was years ago, I was talking to someone who was an executive coach, and he just kind of offhand mentioned to me that something he had observed is that if you talk to a woman about why she's stressed, she'll say, I have so much work to do. And she'll list off 10 things. And five of those might be career related, and five of them might be related to her personal life. And if he talks to a man, the man only perceives the five that are career related as work. Kind of an interesting little discrepancy. Yeah, sort of non-scientific anecdotal, but that stuck with me. And I realized that I do tend to get stressed out, especially if I feel like I am not managing the things in my personal life very well. That's always my struggle. The work stuff gets done. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's, It's the personal life that slides, right? Yes, exactly. So I decided what I needed to do is start managing my personal tasks the way I manage my work tasks. 
So I actually use the lists app in my phone and I create a list for each day and put all of the things that I need to get done on that list, whether they're personal or work. And I find it helps me de-stress because it's on the list. I know I'm going to do it. And I will sit there at the beginning of the week and allocate to each day. Monday, I'm going to do this. Tuesday, I'm going to do this. Wednesday, I'm going to do that. And it helps me let go of that stress of worrying about it because now it's on the list and it's going to happen. I love that that you put it out throughout the week. I probably do the wrong move on that where I try to squeeze everything in on Monday and then that never gets done on Mondays and then it just <laughs> lingers on for the rest of the week, which in a lot of these cases, it's things that can definitely wait till Tuesday or Wednesday. So I might try that out where kind of spread the love across the week a little bit. Well, it makes it more manageable, especially if, you know, if you're trying to run things over, run at errands on your lunch hour or, you know, you've only got so much time, just makes it a little bit more manageable. Agreed. And I think one of the things that I have been able to do in terms of making my life easier, and this seems so simple, but it has been kind of the one thing I've really tried to do is to not sleep next to my phone. It always just is in my head when it's next to me. So I literally sleep with the phone across the house from me. And then I check it, obviously, in the morning or before I go to bed. But it really has saved my sanity many times. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. I have actually had to break myself of the habit of sitting there and sort of mindlessly scrolling through, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be. (laughs) Because they say it really disrupts your sleep pattern. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate you joining uh, our podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Beth. The Technology Association of Iowa is proud to be a uniting force for Iowa's technology community. You can visit technologyiowa.org to learn more about how to get involved. Thank you for listening to this episode.